You're listening to Something Weird. I'm your co-host, Anna. And this is Brooke. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal, or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who have had an affinity for the strange since we met. And now we're here to explore these phenomena with you. Each week, one of us will dig into a paranormal tale as we ponder the question, do we want to believe? This week, it's my time to share. It's a little story time for us all. Even though you live far away from me, and it makes me very sad. Yes, it is tragic. I curse the place you live. But it actually turns out it's already cursed. Oh, great. Um, Utah as we have discussed, is a very strange place. It's weird. It's funny because actually it makes sense now. I remember you saying, I think in our um, Devil's Highway episode, that there are a lot of strange things where you are. And I don't think I really realized that until I started digging in. I just actually kind of happened upon this, but it was pretty easy considering Utah is a hotbed for strangeness makes sense why you're there. So it's a weird place. You might actually have heard about this before. So tell me if you have. It goes by a couple different names, actually. The one that I like to call it is Skinwalker Ranch. Yes! Skinwalker oh. Ranch! Yes, I was going to do this and then I didn't for whatever reason. But yes. Okay, so. This is in Ballard, or just outside of Ballard, Utah, also known as Sherman Ranch and Bigelow Ranch. Why is it called Skinwalker Ranch? Have you heard yeah, it come yeah. up? I've heard of it. I've heard people talk about it. When you look at, like, pretty much the first thing that comes up if you Google weird stuff in Utah, or, like, paranormal Utah, it's usually one of the top ones. Um, and I've really only skimmed the surface. I haven't done any deep dive research or heard any like firsthand stories so tell me uh, all right well this really kicks off in 1994 um let's paint a picture here think norman rockwell imagine terry he's a stand-up gentleman and his wife gwen she i think worked in banking so you know they're well to do cute they found their dream ranch terry was previously, um, he was not a rancher, but he did have college degrees and training in animal husbandry. He was considered an expert in artificial insemination. <laughs> I, I don't really know how you become an expert. Like, you do or you don't know how to do that. I, I, I don't know. What, I, for humans or for animals? No, no. Animals. Animal husbandry. <laughs> Seriously, though. How do you sit down and decide that's what I'm going to spend my time and my skill doing? And what skills do you have that? <laughs> I don't want to judge too hard. <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he, was, he was in it to win it. But he had plans to raise really high-end cattle at the ranch um, and they were going to be hybrids probably like the best of the best Angus meats or something and it sounds like he had 60 to 80 cattle and they were top of the line. Um, a meat. 
<laughs> Sorry, I just thought of the wedding singer. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Really? The scene on the plane? I don't think I've ever actually watched that in its entirety. I just remember you talking about it all the time. Fun. I know it's oh, one of your favorites. So good. The soundtrack. That's why I always played that Thompson twin song. No? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Along with 60 to 80 heifers, he also had four $2,000 show class bulls. But they found this property. It was like 500 acres, and they decided this is perfect. So they moved there with their teenage son and nine-year-old daughter and um, scooped it up. The ranch had been sitting vacant for seven years, so they were kind of wondering, like, why is this prime land being unutilized? Mm -hmm. And it's, they must have gotten a pretty good deal. I don't know. So let's talk about where Skinwalker Ranch is located. It is in the Uinta Basin. The Uinta Basin is also known for its um, unusual energy and known for a lot of paranormal activity happening. Skinwalker Ranch was smack dab in the middle of the basin. So as they're moving in, just imagine you're with your family. It's the first, first day of moving in, unpacking the U-Haul, eating a couple snacks in between, and you move that heavy box into the house. It's so heavy because someone packed all the books into one box. That's what I, I did. always do that I every time I move. It. It's terrible. Okay, anyway. you painted a vivid picture. So you walk in and then notice, you know, maybe you're like eating an apple and looking around, just kind of taking it all in and, and thinking about the, the cattle you're going to inseminate and <laughs> the wild oats you're going to spread. And you notice there are locks on all of the doors and windows and even cupboards inside and outside. And you're like, uh, that's unsettling. Yeah, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. You, okay. On every door? Every door. Windows. Cupboards. Like kitchen cupboards. And we're not talking like baby safe. No, shit. no. We're talking like at both ends of the house, iron stakes and heavy chains were installed. They decided, okay, well, the previous owners just must have had like really big guard dogs and I don't okay. know little red flag there. Mm -hmm. So they just kind of keep moving, moving past that and settle in. But soon, Farmer Terry and his son see a gigantic wolf approach them. And it was very calm and actually pretty friendly, just kind of sauntered up. He thought it was just someone's pet because it was so calm and friendly. So he just kind of pet it and shooed it away. And it just started walking away calmly as it had come when it bit one of the young cows and then tried to drag it away. So Terry was like, oh no, this is my cash cow. Armed with a shotgun, started to shoot the wolf. Ooh. He was at pretty close range too. Apparently an excellent marksman. But the bullets didn't hurt the wolf at all. Great. At most, it sounds like the wolf was a little bit stunned, but... After a third shot, um, it released the calf and just stood there calmly and just kind of looking at them and then just decided to, to leave. Imagining Ghost from Game of Thrones, and I love him so much. I'll kill some White Walkers if you need me to. Yeah. Let me know. 
I weirdly am picturing Gandalf's horse. Oh, shadow facts. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's the eyes. <laughs> I love doing my shadow facts call. I know. It makes me really Ooh. happy. <laughs> I would whistle right now, but I'll spare everyone. The men followed the tracks of the wolf because they, at that point, were like, what the hell? There was no blood, no signs of injury, and no blood from the wolf that had just been shot at, like, pretty close range. And so they followed his tracks for about a mile, and then it just suddenly, they just suddenly vanished. The tracks vanished? Mm-hmm. Huh. Did Stopped. they turn into human footprints? They're like, we don't see any more wolf tracks, now we just see some human footprints, so we must be on the wrong trail. No biggie. Let's go back. I don't think people have that accent anywhere, for that matter. A few weeks later, Gwen, Mrs. Sherman, was in her car, and she saw another one of these wolves, and its back was parallel with the top of her window. The large wolf was also accompanied by a dog-like animal that she couldn't identify. Oh, cute. Family. A friend. So that's just one of the weird happenings. On top of that, it sounds like these people kind of just got used to odd things happening as much as you can get used to it. I mean, they obviously noticed all of these things and took note. But like, no harm was being done, right? It was just like they would be there, they would go away. Yeah, so it's not like they really had anything to be too alarmed about at this point, at least. So it's kind of like, yeah, I guess this is the rancher's life. Sure. I mean, they do have zero background in it, so they're probably just like, well, shit. Yes, this is what we signed up for. Yeah, yeah. All right, strike one, we've got wolves, huge ones. Strike two, Terry started noticing that people had been digging up his pasture. Like hundreds of pounds of soil were scooped right out of the ground the weird thing, I mean, on top of just someone and coming and digging up his pastures were that the edge of the hole was like perfect, quote, concentric circles. Basically like a giant cookie cutter. Crop circles. Yeah. Another formation they found consisted of three circles of flattened grass and each was approximately eight inches in eight feet in diameter um, and arranged in a triangular pattern with each circle about 30 feet from the others. So this is, I mean, a, this is a crop circle. Yeah, it is. Just dug into the dirt. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Also consider they lived on one road and so anyone going out to their house would have noticed and if they didn't, then at least their neighbors you know, further away would have noticed too. So mm -hmm. I think that just seems a little bit strange. We also have some just generally weird ass animals. <laughs> Over the next, like, I don't know, several months um, and time that the Shermans were living at this ranch, they just saw a bunch of weird things. So some were exotic multicolored birds, not native to the region. Uh, I'm thinking like toucans. That'd be so fun to look out your window and see a toucan. 
Toucan Sam. <laughs> Give me some of them Fruit Loops. Eating some cereal. That actually doesn't seem that weird to me, though, because I'm like, okay, it could have been a peacock. Yeah, it could have been a peacock. It could have been somebody's pet parrot that got loose. Yeah. There are definitely things that you can be like, okay, a multicolored birds not native to the region, like this happens. Okay, um, sorry, not to rain on your parade. Keep going. No, but the tall, dark beasts that resemble a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. <gasps> yes. The Uintas are known for Sasquatch sightings, so. There you go. Yeah. There you go. If that weren't enough. The Shermans saw a strange hyena-like creature attacking one of their horses. And um, get this, they described it as low to the ground, heavily muscled, weighing perhaps 200 pounds with curly red hair and a bushy tail. Oh, gross. Doesn't that sound awful? Like the worst? Ew. A redhead? Ew. Scraggly and muscly and... I imagine like a really beefy giant corgi. Oh, sick. No, that's definitely not what I pictured. I was actually picturing like carrot top, kind of. (laughs) Heavily muscled, curly hair. Oh gosh. Oh, I do not like thinking about that. Okay. All right. So we have a giant corgi beast. Yes. And their neighbor had also reported seeing a similar beast running across their property at one point. So we've got weird-ass animals and voices. During the summer after they moved in, Terry and his son and Terry's nephew heard unintelligible voices while just standing in a pasture. And it sounded like echoes from a CV radio, um, and it sounded like it was just coming directly above them. They listened more closely and then noticed that it was actually two voices speaking back and forth in an unknown language, like a Mm -hmm. cross between Russian and Native American. After they stood and listened for a while, Terry yelled in the air, we can hear you! And the voices stopped. And the deeper voice on the, I don't know, in the air, uh, broke into a low rumbling laugh and then the conversation combined. They also heard disembodied voices coming from the air, and sometimes these voices would even narrate what the people were doing as they were doing them. Oh my god. Kind of great, but I mean, really awful ultimately, but it'd be fun for a while. That's really funny, actually. Can you imagine? That was just like some little punks being like, oh, look at the, look at the man. He changed his diaper for the day, you know? I don't know, just being really annoying. So stupid. Well, I just think of, like, this is dumb as well. There's that show that's, like, just narrating, like, people going on blind dates and oh. just talking shit the entire time. I like, that'd be fantastic. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> the person narrating or whoever's narrating, like, doesn't really think that you know, the, the Shermans can understand. So they're just like making, they're just ripping on the new one. Oh, just ripping them apart. And, and Terry's like, what the hell? I can hear you. And he's all mad and like kicking the dirt. And whoever this disembodied voice is coming from is just like rolling on the floor laughing, just <laughs> punking him. That'd be so fun. I don't blame yeah. them. 
So there are the voices. And then, well, of course, the animal mutilations. No. Can or- we? Yeah. Come on. I don't have to go deep into the explanations because you pretty much know how they all are. Yeah, you um, told me like 20 <laughs> times. But the fact that these are happening so consistently and often with really strange, similar um, surgeries, I don't know, mutilations, he was noticing a lot of um, cattle deaths, and these are really expensive, fancy cattle and he noticed that in one of them there was a hole only in the center of its left eyeball and predators hadn't touched the carcass. Sherman also noted a weird chemical smell in the vicinity. To jog your memory if you you know blocked it out, these are all things that happened in cattle mutilations across the country. The Sherman's son found a mutilated cow within five minutes of its death. It was a a gentle cow, a gentle Angus. About five minutes after leaving him, he came back and it was dead with its rectum cord out. Why? I'm just telling you. (sighs) Maybe they like the meat, but meat's supposed to be good. Yeah, right? they're They're just going for like... A quick uh, fast food, like a drive-by. Oh! <laughs> Scoop it out. It's always the butt. Rump roast. Yikes. I'm upset. They had lost, I think, like 14 by the time Farmer Sherman was really pissed. He was like, okay, we're about to go bankrupt because I'm a new rancher and all my cows are dying. Things are not looking too good. They were going into town for some supplies, and they passed the corral that contained their four bulls and commented to each other that they'd be in trouble if something happened to one of these bulls. When they came back, they noticed all the bulls were gone. And so they started freaking out, looking for them everywhere. I don't really know, like, how you go about searching for cows. Yeah. Like, come here. Cookie, cookie. They couldn't find him anywhere. So as a last resort, Sherman was, okay, I guess I'm going to look into this metal trailer that's inside the corral. He thought it was really unlikely that they would be in there because there's only one door. Uh, It was secured with a thick metal wire, which was still in place. And he even noted that there were cobwebs on the wire. So this thing had been kind of an eyesore for a while. So Terry opens the door and he sees his bulls, all four of them, squeezed inside like sardines. No. They're alive, alive and well, but they're just crammed inside and like squished up against each other. But when he found them, they were like in a dream state. They were in like in a trance and they woke up and then like started kicking the hell out of the trailer and went wild. It would have been really difficult to get them in there. I'm no rancher, but... I've put I, horses in trailers, and, like, even horses are difficult. It's hard putting, like, two hamsters in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can't imagine putting just big bulls into a very small trailer. Yeah. So they're, like, drugged, or they're just in a different state I think they were just in a different state. 
I mean, maybe they were drugged, but the fact that there were like cobwebs on the door and on the, the wires holding it closed, it just seems like a very strange thing. And if they were all like squished in there in all different, an arrangement, I mean, that would take someone really strong to be able to do yeah. that. So yeah. that's that. Who knows? Sardine bowls. The two most common occurrences that continued to happen over and over on the ranch were the lights and orbs that just came from nowhere. UFO sightings were fairly normal, actually, between accounts from neighbors and townspeople. Um, and at this point, the Shermans had just noticed a lot of things flying around that they didn't know what they were. Mm -hmm. And just in general, the Uinta Basin has a lot of sightings. Mm -hmm. So the most spectacular phenomenon that they, um, that they saw, Terry describes like this. We would see these 100-foot circular openings appear in the air. It was like four orange-colored doorways, and they would sort of spiral open. They would look through a high-powered scope and they would watch um, a smaller craft come from the hovering portals and then re-enter the doorways. They described it as a stealthy smaller craft being about 60 by 40 feet and squarish with short wings. The smaller craft looked kind of like a flying grid. Interesting. They also witnessed a, quote, flying refrigerator and multiple discs that seemed to appear through what was only described as holes in the sky um, along with classic flying saucers. Literally a flying refrigerator or something <laughs> that looked like a refrigerator? I assume it was something that looked like a flying refrigerator. A flying fridge would be awesome. Oh yeah. What's that a uh, the Brave Little Toaster? Yes. Oh my word. That movie taps into some sort of like serious abandonment issues because it is so, I it wrecks me. Oh, it's, I remember it being a very emotional movie. And it's scary. It. Yeah. I feel like we were a little too old to be watching that movie, but. Yeah. That was, I think, at, um, at your graduation party, but... <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> no, it was definitely, like, middle school, though. No, we were in middle school. I actually had to, I was like, did we? We might have. I know, you were pretty quiet. Well, could have. No flying toaster or refrigerator scenario. They would also notice glowing blue balls moving around the property, giving off a crack, a crack, <laughs> crackling sound. <laughs> uh, you good? Pretty good? Okay, so they seem to be, <laughs> this is what it was like in driving school with you. God. School driver's ed. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Oh man, good times. The only class we ever had together. Yeah. For a probably a good thing. <laughs> All right. So these balls gave off. <laughs> 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 
they were giving off a crackling sound and seemed to be controlled. Um, they could either hover or move unbelievably fast. One evening, the Shermans were watching one and it approached one of their horses. It hovered about a foot from the horse's face and the horse was not pleased, so it was totally spooked. Um, so Gwyn sh uh, shined a flashlight on the globe and then it flew away. But then came over to Terry and began like inspecting him, kind of like hovering around him. And he was not impressed either that it was a glass ball um, about the size of a baseball. And um, it contained what looked like two blue fluids intermingling with each other. So Spooky. he said he was the scaredest he'd ever been in his life, which is that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I would be too. I would just start crying. Yeah, yeah, you poop your pants. So two years later, we're looking in May 1996, uh, Terry was out with his dogs when they saw a blue orb and it was moving around the yard. Terry said to his dogs, go get it. Terry, gosh. And it led them into the brush surrounding a paddock and the dogs chased and snapped at the orb but it kept dodging around them and just kind of stayed a little bit ahead of them and it led them across the pasture out of Terry's sight where he says he heard the dogs make three terrible yelps oh. and then go silent. Why would oh my god oh my god. I'm upset. Why would if you don't know if they're dangerous, why even put them in that situation? Well, maybe he didn't do it lightheartedly. Maybe he was like, go get them, boys. That's whatever, Terry. <laughs> so he thought, okay, I'm just going to uh, not deal with that right now. And waited oh until the next morning to check out what had happened. He didn't even go. He didn't go to them? No. Also, would you, if there were this, like, thick brush out in the fields, would you do that? Yes. If my dog, if I heard my dog yelp in pain, yes, I would go. I have a heart. I don't, what do you? Yeah, I don't know. So the next day, uh, Terry and Gwen went out into the woods and the brush to see what had happened to their pups and noticed, well, they found three burned circles and in the center of each circle, they discovered a greasy lump of what looked like shortening or butter. The trees above them had burned rings um, and like they were scorched. And while the grass eventually grew back, the tree limbs were dead, as were his dogs. So his butter dogs. They just turned him into lard. These <laughs> greasy lumps. Pretty gross. I'm so upset right now. I can't. Well, Terry then goes, we just couldn't go on without our dogs. And Oh, yeah. Terry. <laughs> now. Oh, my. 
They called it quits. They're throwing the towel in. Two years later, I mean, they were like having nightmares by this at this point. The ranch was taking a toll on them. Financially, pet-wise, sleep-wise. Have they told anyone? Cow-wise. Yeah, it sounds like they had been having discussions with their neighbors and, you know, their neighbors would say, yeah, we've seen the same things. It's not a mystery. No biggie. Get we can't, it. we can't explain it, but I mean, you, you chose to move in there. So don't be a bitch. Pretty much. Or Terry says that his neighbor didn't really want to talk to him about it too much, but had told him they'd had trouble around that area since he was a small kid and he's like 55 now. Terry said, he told me, people will think you're crazy, but you're not. If you are, then we both have the same problem. Pretty open about it. I mean, you would be. You would ask, okay, you know, I'm new to this and be looking for advice. And everyone's just like, nah, that's it. Yeah. So basically, after their decision to sell, Terry uh, had a conversation with some of his Ute Indian friends. They were all just chilling down at the local water department. and then. His friends basically told Terry that they'd formed a pool to take bets on how long the Shermans would last on the ranch. (laughs) And one of them said they're dealing with something they can't even dream about. Their longest guess was a year and a half, and the Shermans lasted two years. So, I know. know. Another local Indian shaman friend of Terry's told them that there were tribal songs about the spirits and spooks of the ranch area that went back 10 generations. The ranch was just unholy ground and, quote, on the path of the skinwalkers. Yep. So the Shermans spent their last day on the ranch rounding up the cattle that were left and were exhausted, locked their doors, got into bed said good riddance of this place tomorrow we're off to a new land I guess they only moved like 20 acres away or something like 20 miles away or something but um, you know they were done with that the next morning though they awoke to find their bedding covered with blood and each of them had a one-eighth inch deep scoop mark in the same place on their right thumbs oh scoop little scoop my alarm <laughs> like what is happening i just get beamed up <laughs> wait wait can we make a stop in oh, slc oh man <laughs> oh so they just have little scoops little scoops okay in september of 96 the deal was finalized and a man named robert bigelow bought the property off the shermans with an nda in place Bigelow is known as kind of a shady businessman from Vegas um, with potential ties to the CSI um, and just a bunch of different undercover organizations and even the mob. He's got money. He's got friends in high places. Connections to the CSI? CIA. CIA. (laughs) I was like, shit, was he on CSI? Like, where is she going with that? Yeah. CIA. He basically started his own scientific investigation team 
of experts known as the National Institute for Discovery Science, NIDS. He also owns an aerospace company that has contracts with NASA. Seems a bit strange that he would find such... No, it doesn't feel strange. Of course, he'd be interested, but I guess the ranch is um, cordoned off and you cannot go there. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, everyone's Area 51 storm does not go as planned, there's always Skinwalker Ranch. You could probably make that happen, too. And that's it. That's the story of Skinwalker Ranch. There's more history that goes back and more history that's current, but those were the ultimate years for the ranch. And the Shermans were very open about their time there. Right. Um, One thing, though, you mentioned at the beginning they came and all of the windows and the doors and the cabinets had locks on them. Mm -hmm. It was just the way that the house was? Yeah. I mean, you can also think, though, anyone who lived there before probably wanted to protect themselves as well as they could. I don't or know. Or, like, paranoid and did that out of some fear. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they did have really big dogs for the orbs. I don't know. Mystery. Cool. Yeah, I knew pretty much none of that now I want to go when you visit yeah Yeah. how far away um is Ballard I mean I know the Uintas are definitely a drive oh it's not that bad two and a half hours oh yeah we've got a couple things that we need to do while I'm out there I know we have so much stuff so, do you buy it from what you read? I I actually do. Uh, just because none of it actually seems that... Well, okay, I guess I forgot about, like, the hyena and stuff, but... <laughs> but that actually doesn't sound that strange, considering, like, if the Devil's Highway is accurate... I mean, yeah. skinwalkers are a thing. Yeah. And that's how they would, might appear, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, it, it ties into lore and legends and stories of so many others in that area. So it really kind of, it aligns. I'm on board. I don't see why not. I just, I don't know exactly what it is. I'm not saying that it's aliens. I'm not saying that it's for sure the government. It's definitely something unusual I don't think that they were lying about this though um it just seems like a lot to come up with it does also like you know you invest your life savings you spend two years of your your life and then leave they didn't have anything to gain from that they didn't get wealthy they didn't go on a press tour Mm -hmm. they were just kind of trying to it sounds like go with their original plan get help from their neighbors uh, and just didn't work out yeah I mean I guess you could also argue the counter and that their little endeavor was a failure for whatever reason and they made up these reasons or they kind of exaggerated 
experiences to say like, this is why we failed. This is why we lost so much money. And this is why we left, you know, that seems elaborate and unnecessary, but could be. Yeah, it could be. It would almost seem though, like more of a, a blow to their reputation to kind of come out with all of this stuff. Like, you know, a lot of people outside of their community would be like, all right, nut job where yeah. take you seriously and so they could have just said yeah you know we started a ranch it didn't work out uh I guess I'll go back to banking or you know literally anything else and it wouldn't be like the shameful thing whereas right. kind of going on about curly haired hyenas and flying orbs it's a little bit off the walls so yeah that's true you're definitely uh doing yourself more damage than just admitting defeat. No, I think that being here and having heard about it and also just how much like, um, if you call it like the folklore around the Native American tribes here, this all seems to line up with a lot of those stories and teachings and beliefs and other accounts of what people have experienced. So I'm totally on board and I just want to go there. It would just be a um, cool experience to kind of see what it feels like just generally in that area, not even necessarily on the ranch, but it sounds like the whole basin. Definite yes is this week. So yeah, tell us what you believe. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at something weird podcast. You can also find us on Patreon where you can sign up to be part of our community of researchers we have access to behind the scenes uh, notes special episodes and extra little treats that have yet to be released because we're very busy unlocking the secrets of the world uh, and if you enjoyed any bit of our podcast let us know with um, a fantastic five-star review well thanks for listening for another paranormal tale we hope you enjoyed Stay weirdy. Bye.